0: Following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network.
1: And welcome in everybody to another episode of the High Low Sports Podcast. We appreciate you all for joining us here on this Wednesday evening. Or if you're listening to us on one of your favorite places to listen to podcasts as well, we have a fun, interesting show here for you all tonight. We are always glad to spend some time with you to chat about what's going on in the world of sports. DJ, of course, joined us always. By my co-host Kelsey, and you know what, Kelsey? Uh, this one's this one's gonna be a little bit different today. We're gonna bring, we're gonna do something. We're gonna have an old face in a new place today, as well as we got some college football to talk about. Because my lord, did a whole lot happen.
0: Yeah, a whole lot has happened, and not just for us, but for our. Uh, we will just called a check in. I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah. Uh, check in with uh, the guy in a new place and a new role, and uh, he's been on the show before. Absolutely fantastic to have him back on again. Um, been been a lot of changes for him. Been a lot of changes for college football. Been a lot of changes everywhere i mean you name it at this point in time it's all across the board um so yeah uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited i'm excited
1: for this one absolutely i can't wait as well too and by the way before we get into that everyone be sure to go check out our tier tuesdays where kelsey does force in a taylor swift reference against his will he did not mean to do it, and he was ashamed afterwards so you definitely don't want to miss that we'll so de- definitely go check that out but for now i think we're going to go ahead and jump right into our first segment that that is of course the tip off the tip off of course brought to your friends over at SeatGeek. geek use code belly sports for 20 dollars off your first order of tickets for any of these sporting events where you might see Taylor Swift and you could tell Kelsey about it. But you know what? We kind of we kind of alluded to it. We got ourselves a familiar face, but kind of taking it at a new place. We got a chance to sit down with Darren Speedy Clark, who former receiver now coach Clark. Of the Cedar Rapids River Kings. Now, and he's now the head coach and the GM of the American Indoor Football League that is going to be making its return here in the spring. And you know, what Kelsey, I think I think they've they've gotten enough of our voice. So I say we just let Darren take over from here, or should I say, I, Coach Clark take over from?
0: Yeah, back? you know, Coach Speedy coming come back on. I know, glad to have him back on. And yeah, let's, let's let's see what he had to say. Thank you so much for joining us. And
1: we got a new title from the last time you visited us. Is you are now Coach Clark of the Cedar Rapids River Kings. Tell us
2: a little bit about that yes sir thank you for having me you called it though yeah. I, I, bad show and that what you said at the end of the show I'm ready to see coach he's very excited but yeah, yeah um it's a great opportunity to be here in Cedar Rapids the River Kings a great organization that was in the IFL had a great run um some bad runs but I'm hearing none to change it I love what what we have going on it's a great opportunity for 2024
1: absolutely you mentioned that they're now that they're coming back to part of the aif as well after a couple of years of being a little bit inactive so tell us what it's like what we should expect as the league gets back rolling again both for players and fans as well
2: yes the aif it's a league that was around for a minute before and it stopped in 2016 so now we're about to bring it back about to have it rolling having a a great year with the cedar rapids river kings we play great great teams like columbus lions and the Amarillo venom great organizations so we ready. We're going to build a great fan base up here and do what we have to do, because I got a great roster that's coming. So they, they have to know we're going to be there.
1: It's a perfect segue to my next question, too, is you're not only the head coach, you're also the GM. So you're making a lot of decisions, building the team, building the roster, finding the players. Tell a little bit about that process of finding the players and putting your team together.
2: Just got to trust the process. It's mm-hmm. been a fun offseason, picking up players around the country. I got Von, Verlon Reed from Ohio State. I have Devontae Butler from Ohio State, Enoch Smith from Oklahoma State, Rashard Brandon from Mizzou. I have running back Kalen Heat from UAB and a lot of HBC running backs and some rickets that's very great. They are good receivers. They're going to get open. i seen it on their film. I loved it from the first time i seen them. they all comfort receivers, and we coming. All they got to do is press, trust the process and make the 50-50 catches.
1: Absolutely. Honestly, if they could turn those 50-50s into those 80-20s, that's what you're looking for when it comes to them on the outside. So that's perfect as well. I want to know kind of – oh, go ahead.
2: 50 catches because them be the catches, like they throw over the wall and you just give your body up because mm-hmm. you're 50% chance that you can drop it going over the wall and it can be a 50% chance that you'll catch it. But you gave the effort. But if you catch it, it'd be one of the greatest catches you ever made.
1: Absolutely. So so you'll get a highlight reel that lives forever as well. But the effort is one thing that goes through no matter what, most definitely. So I do want to kind of piggyback off that as well, too. What has it been like going from a player? You've obviously played a lot of football, different organizations, different leagues as well. Now you're transitioning into the coach role. So tell me what that's going to be like a little bit different for you, seeing it from a bird's eye view.
2: Oh, it's been great. Like, you know, as a player, I always was the coach on the field. Like a lot of rookie guys came in anyway because they like how I ran routes. And they always ask me questions how to get open how to time myself in emotions and things like that so it carry on now to be a great coach i know the game i know the game from Canada rules i know the game from afl rules ifl cif mexico and the aif that we're gonna build right now so with my brain and the players and the people around me the front office my coaching staff i think it's gonna be a great opportunity to put up a lot of points and win the championship here in cedar rapids
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you kind of mentioned, too, just getting started, getting kicked back on. When does the season officially start for you?
2: The guys will arrive here March 3rd for camp. Our first game will be March 16th against the Missouri Falcons. So we're going to fill up the house. That's our preseason game. We're going to make sure we fill up the house. We're going to do what we have to do on the field and make it a great market and make it a great show at the end of the day.
1: Absolutely as well too. And I want to kind of talk about too, as far as we mentioned a little bit earlier, I want to circle back to getting people to join the team, that sort of thing you're having, I lived in Iowa for a few years, so I know what it's kind of like too. It's not always necessarily the biggest destination hotspot for people who haven't been there before. What's the process been like getting people to come with you, come to Iowa, come, trust the process, come there with you? Me, like (laughs) they
2: love playing for a great guy like me, like as as a player like Vernon Reed and Enoch Smith, they know me as a player. And when I was on their team, we I say I was like 36 35 at that time and they in their 20s and I was always first in everything so they used to always be one of them players that hustled and went that hard and I always said when I become a coach I'm signing you two guys and I spoke in an existing they here with me and other players they trust they watch my film when I was playing it just like 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 we said last time we talked like Deion Sanders and another guy who haven't played the game. They're going to want to come and see what Coach Speedy talking about, And other other than that guy who never really played and put up the numbers like I did. So it's going to be a great opportunity to teach these guys what I know about the arena game, how to get open, how to work together, how to trust the process, how to build a culture, get a ring, and make history together. I'm excited. My front office is excited. My owner, Dom, Drake, Coach Bartley, my D, my O-line, D-line coach, Coach DC, we all excited. We out here building up the fan base. We getting tickets sold. We got the front box. They selling out. We got the whole arena selling out. So it's going to be a great year in 2024 for the Cedar Rapids River Kings.
1: Absolutely. And you, I, I love that as well, too, because people, when they see the NFL and in February, like, oh, football's over. No, no, football's year-round. You just got where to look as well, too. And I This is exactly what they're going to see. And I think once they see this back in action, they're going to lose their minds. They're going to love it because not a lot of people – are aware of, like, indoor arena football. They haven't seen it. They've heard of Kurt Warner, but that's about it. I think they're going to be have a nice little treat here with it. But I want to also talk about, you mentioned the ownership as well, too. How did this come about with you
2: being the, being the coach in the gym? Did they reach out to you? Did you reach out to them? How this come about? It was like a mutual situation. Like, I talked to him about what I had going on in all season because I already, already was on list to be coaches in different organizations. And when we talked, it was like we burned off the rip. We knew what we had. We had the same future, bright thoughts, and everything. We wanted to win. And when we talked about it, what I wanted to do here as a coach and what he wanted to do here as a coach, we in the million. We just came up with this right here. We ready to make the best show, show on turf. Absolutely.
1: I love it as well, too. And I wanna, I want to jump on that as well, too, because you mentioned Deion Sanders. You just mentioned that what you want to do as a coach. Obviously, the goals get a ring. Like, that one, that's obvious. That's right. But what are some of the other goals you want to accomplish as a coach? What made you want to make that transition from player to coach right now?
2: it time me to pass the knowledge like i got to pass the knowledge i'm i'm 38 now and i had a great 12 years of playing pro ball it was fun and then it's time to pass the knowledge i want to be an nfl coach soon like i want to be a cfl coach if god bless me to go up to be a coach, it's all of us trying to move up in life when it come to anything like that i thank god for everything that he done for me first matter and i got all the people in my corner back home the ownership group, ownership group who have my back and they know what kind of guy I am on and off the field.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I kind of want to ask off of that as well, too. When you're looking at some of the players as well, too, you mentioned the college players, the ones you're pulling in as well, too. What are you kind of looking for when you talk to them, when you're recruiting them? Are you looking at just the, what they talk about, what you see on the field, what you see on film? Do you get, do you want to talk to them a little bit? Kind of curious what kind of players you're looking for.
2: I'm looking for guys to buy in. Like they had to buy into what we have going on. Guys who smart guys who listen guys who know how to be great men on and off the field i'm zero tolerant so i'm coming with that mind frame you know bill belichick my guy you know i'm a patriots fan so i i i approach the game like that like coach mike tamlin guys like that i i watch what they do and how they build organizations and things like that so i'm approach this like this like guys gonna have to come in and understand you're gonna have to be conditioned you're gonna have to have your mind and your head in them playbooks we going to have to play together and understand we're going to build a winning country culture here with them or without them. It's, it's professional football, and that's going to be understood.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the one thing people do under, underestimate looking at is It is professional football as well, too. Like, this isn't a hobby. This isn't just a game. It is your job at the end of the day nonetheless as well. But I do want to kind of continue to look into that as well, too. With the season getting ready to get back underway, what do you kind of expect for that first game back? Like, you got to imagine the atmosphere is going to be – combination of a, a little bit of electric so what are you kind of telling the players getting ready to get back in that first game
2: man with the dj we have we have a new dj that we have on board with us dj tone he do a lot of great things in the area around here from ames to chicago to Iowa city with university of Iowa hawkeyes at, like he's a great dj and he gonna have these games live like you know the atmosphere not to speak on other organizations but the atmosphere playing in Orlando was like playing that like a uh, um, concert every game because we average like 9,000 plus fans now. But we had a great DJ who played music that made people want to come back to the game, like so. That's what we bring it to see the rapids. Like, I have acts from Atlanta, like FLY, who rap swag surfing and things like that, coming performance. So, we bring in the culture, like with great music, great performances from rock bands and everything that's coming here to liven up the show. Cause arena football is really a show. Like at the end of the day, it's like playing basketball and football at the same time. Like, cause I teach that to my receiver. You have to run routes like you playing basketball if you know how to dribble, like things like that. But the atmosphere in arena football is like playing in the NBA. So we bringing that culture and we gonna make sure everybody wanna come back every week and see us play.
1: Exactly. It's turf basketball, as I like to describe it. It's like the same way you mentioned it as well. Too. Like there, it's, it's, a, it's a similar game, but it's at the same time a little bit different. But if I'm looking correctly, I'm so, seeing is it nine teams in the league, right? Is that correct? Eight or nine? Yes, sir. Cool. Perfect. And what do you think the chances are, let's say, the first when the first season's a knockout at the park, what do you think the chances are might expand in the future? Do you think there's some chances we can expand, see more teams? Or
2: Oh, yeah. I think a lot of more teams going to join because they're going to see how we have great organization that's here now Gonna be building more bringing more players in because a lot of teams that's in it right now a couple teams have some great rosters like they have some great rosters. they have great coaches like um like columbus they have a great coach they, they coach me and him played each other in the championship in 2015. like he was my db coach in high country in the nal so he's a great coach he like my age so it's gonna be good going against him and things like that
1: absolutely and i want to i want to jump off that one because that's fun too you're going to be going against some play, people you played against people you coached with coached against you that sort of thing how kind of how was that going to feel go to be seeing it from the coach's eye as opposed to on the from the player's eye this
2: time they know how competitive i am in practice there so they already know how i'm coming as a coach i used to be that guy What the biggest db at where the biggest linebacker at? you can't stop speeding so they know as a coach, it's gonna be a whole different ball game because I got the headset on. It's gonna be the same way. Like I'm coming with all the competitive feelings I have and the players who gonna bag me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I love that. That's awesome as well. So you lead by example and bring the energy and everyone will follow too. And I wanna circle back a little bit to what we talked about early on, but just for someone who might be peeking in a little bit later as well too. If someone who hasn't seen arena football they're not familiar with it they haven't heard about it, they've never seen the aif tell them what should what should they expect why should they come in and tune in and watch you guys
2: excitement <laughs> excitement is so much excitement in arena football like we are next to you like i can talk to you before i throw a touchdown on the next team like there's gonna be the best feeling as a fan to be be able to communicate with me as the game going on Like. It's, it's fun, like people drink beer, free food, and just partying. cheerleaders, loud music. The, the arena just, just going crazy. It, arena football is the greatest thing that can really happen. Like Kurt Warner started from, John Gruden started. Eddie Brown, uh, Antonio Brown, dad that one of the best receivers ever to play in it. I learned from T.T. Tolliver, Bobby Scipio, Robert Kuroga, and Josh Bush. On the same team in orlando and they used to average 30 touchdowns like all four of them had 30 plus touchdowns in one year so that one the best receiver group that ever learned from and the head coach in omaha rajon Kaiser he the one that taught me how to run routes in the game but he was a db but he taught me how to like read the db feet and ever since then like my game went crazy. So I'm doing that now too as a coach. I'm following and I'm seeing what all the guys that my peers before me do. And I'm doing it and I'm gonna do a little bit better though.
1: Absolutely as well. And the, the feet where the you follow the feet, you follow the hips, you'll be able to tell exactly where they're going. That's when I played receiver a little bit too. That's exactly what we learned. Is you get you find you follow their feet and their hips and figure out where you're going from there. But kind of want to ask about that as well, too. You obviously have a lot to teach you a wealth of knowledge when it comes to. It. What kind of off-season, do you have any off-season programs able to work with anybody outside the season, or is it just once the season gets going, everyone has to come in ready to go?
2: Oh, everybody, grown men in pro football, so I know they have workouts going on, but myself, I have Speedy World training where I train all kids from Atlanta, Georgia, Arizona, even I train the kids in Mexico, kids in Illinois, kids in Alabama, I'm training kids everywhere, Speedy World, so I feel like I can get any kid that I see something in make them great. Like I have stuff on YouTube, um, Instagram, training kids. And I'm a offensive coordinator head coach for a team in Illinois. And they haven't won more than five games or been to the playoffs in 10 years. And I took them to the playoffs my first year as a coach this year in Illinois. So that's my thing going on. And I'm an accountant. So. During the off season, I'm an accountant and I'm teaching my guys how to save up and I'm have a financial literature class that I have on Thursdays. So the guys can understand how to save money and do things like that.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. That is awesome. That a lot of them will definitely that's a good thing to have for a lot of people as well, too, she you don't understand exactly how money – some people don't see how money works right away, especially when they get, like, that professional athlete money out of the game. So that's going to be awesome to see as well. That's really great for them as well. So I do want to kind of ask as well, kind of piggybacking going forward as well. Looking at the schedule, I see you play on, like, Sundays, Thursday, Saturday, Friday, like the schedule kind of varies a little bit there by the day. How do you think that will affect, like, going in – like, does that affect game plans, does that pre- affect preparation, or is it just we're ready to go anytime, any day, tell us when?
2: Oh, we're gonna be ready automatically i'm i'm gonna give me some sleep but i'm gonna make sure that i'm on top of my game every day even in practice my my defensive coordinator i'm gonna make him feel like it's a game every day he approaches me meetings from like camp start so when we get into a real game i'm i'm going in that full throttle 150 percent for the city of cedar rapids like my players that don't buy in, I mean, it's professional football. We're gonna we're gonna pick the best twenty six. I feel they're gonna help me get to the championship. Help the Cedar Cedar Rabbit get to the championship. Help my ownership get to the championship. Win us a ring. We're gonna make it happen. We're gonna build history. Absolutely, we're gonna put
1: you on the spot with this one a little bit as well too. We're gonna fast forward a few months now. The season just wrapped up. You got that ring. What's What's the first thing you're doing to
2: celebrate? Oh, uh, see i'm gonna go see my mom because Mm -hmm. the the reason why i'm here and like celebrate with her because she used to wake me up when i was a kid six o'clock in the morning i didn't run like that's that's my inspiration and i always get my rings and championships and i celebrate with my mom but with my team we all gonna get together i'm gonna make sure we get together everybody have a a great bun before they go off back to their lives and we're going to celebrate you know we get the ring. you'll get the ring the following year like the first home game or something but it'd be great for all of them to be there to receive the ring even if they went to the NFL CFL or other teams in that nature but when we win we're going to be there together to get them but during the offseason going into the next year uh 225 we're going to get together and we're going to get a bun going because it's history once you win a championship, that's history. Y'all gonna always be brother for the rest of your life. You can look back when you seven in 2024. We won the championship together. That's how life is on the football field.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And mom's the OG coach. She always she's the OG coach. She always gotta celebrate with her as okay. well. To agree. She was she was the first one. She's what got 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 us here. So fully that's awesome as well. You mentioned earlier you were a Patriots fan as well, too. So it's been obviously a bit of a rough season for the Patriots. Is it Bailey Zappi season? Do we see Bailey Zappy the rest of the way? What are we thinking with the quarterback situation?
2: Zappy. Zappy hmm. Zappy. Hmm. I'm one of them fans. I'm hmm. I'm celebrating for Zappy. I need Zappy. Matt Jones ain't getting it done. We it, it looked like the old Patriot Day before Tom Brady got there.
1: It's, and honestly, if it, you're going to give Zappi the chance against the Chargers, defense might be as good a time as do it as well, too. Like, that's the best chance to get him some confidence see what he has there. So I,
2: I agree with you on that one as well. So
1: real quickly, too, let everyone know when can they start getting tickets for your games, where do they, where can they get them?
2: They can get the tickets online. You can go to Cedar Rapids River King Facebook page, our website. We have a phone number you can call, a link you can hit, all the suites. We have some that's still open. We have areas all in the arena still open. You can get in touch with me. You can get in touch with Drake Roach. You can get in touch with Dom. You can get in touch with Carl Bartley. You can get in touch with Coach D.C. My whole coaching staff, we out here doing what we have to do to make sure this arena is filled up. Cedar Rapids River Kings. Facebook, Instagram. Get in touch with us. Tickets on sale. Best show on turf.
1: Absolutely. I can't wait for it. It's going to be electric. It's going to be exciting. Just want to give you a quick moment, see if there's anything else you want to say, anything we didn't touch on or anything you wanted to let the people know really
2: quick. I just want to say Cedar Rapids fans, Knife Man, we coming. We doing it for y'all. I'm excited. I'm here now. Let's go.
1: Absolutely. I cannot wait. Once again, Coach Clark and Coach Clark now as well, too. I Always a pleasure to talk to you. Love hearing about this. I can't wait to see the season start. Pleasure to talk with you. Can't wait as well. Thank you so much for the time. We appreciate it so much. Thank you. And once again, that was Coach Clark with the Cedar Rapids River Kings. Always a pleasure to talk with them. And unfortunately, I was very much wrong on that one. It was not a great week to play Bailey Zappi season no. because the Chargers defense looked like what we expected for once, holding him to zero points. But the rest of that thing, it was really awesome. And I look forward to getting the I look forward to AIFL getting, uh, AIF getting started.
0: Yeah, you know it's funny because we, you know, we talk about where this show actually started at, um, ironically being Iowa, not far from Cedar Rapids. Uh, so very funny that it's ironic that when our first interview happened with Darren, uh, we actually did it in Iowa, though we were actually there. So our irony there is is not lost on us. Uh, yeah. It's very funny to see that work out for him. And hey, he's look, he's, he's he's a guy that's won three rings in three different countries in the in North America. Um, one of the only people to ever do that. So uh, very cool to see that now he's in in the coaching realm, uh Going to be taking the Cedar Rapid River Kings by storm, uh, if you will. Uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Um, I'm excited to see what he does. Honestly, I, I you know, I love him as a player. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what he does as a coach, really.
1: Absolutely. Looking to add ring number four to that list as well, too, but this time from a different angle. And for anyone who's just tuning in or didn't catch the full thing, the full interview is available on our YouTube channel as well in its entirety. So feel free to go check it out there as well, too. But that's going to do it for the tip off. And you know what, Kelsey, that was fun. But I think it's about time to get into your second favorite part of your show. And that'll be the main event.
0: Yeah, that's right. The main event brought to you by Magic Mind. Guys, if you guys haven't checked it out already, head on over to magicmind.com slash high low to get more information. Uh, 100% love this company. Been helping me out a lot. So can't wait uh, to get more of their product. Uh, I'm waiting on a shipment right now and um, we'll have more to say about them in the coming weeks uh, uh, for sure
1: absolutely i can't wait but for those of you who need your football fix we are far from done yet is there's a lot going on now especially in the world of college football as well and so far we got a lot of announcements but we're going to start with the new york six bowls getting announced for us as well too so we got the big ones if you will so we obviously got the college football playoffs we'll talk about in a minute but some of the other notable ones we got the fiesta bowl featuring liberty going against oregon Capital One Bowl, Georgia taking on Florida State. Could have been a playoff game if you had asked maybe six days ago. Mm-hmm. We got at the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, New Ole Miss taking on Penn State. And then we got the Goodyear Cotton Bowl as Missouri will be taking on Ohio State. So, Kelsey, taking a look at those bowl games aside from the college football playoff ones. What stands out amongst those ones? Which ones What do you have most intrigued? What matchups do you like? What matchup do you want to change?
0: I mean, I feel like the the low-hanging fruit here is the obvious Um bulldog Seminole in the room uh yeah but i that one withholding i'm actually i'm i'm actually excited for penn state ole miss uh the 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 peach bowl um i think that's going to be a very very underrated fun game um and i'll even go as far as to say as i think it might be one of the best offensive and defensive performances we'll see um i think we'll see the all the tools pulled out by lane Kiffin. we already know he's the Statistics extraordinaire. But Penn State is a defensive program that is not one to scoff at. Like, you have got to be on your P's and Q's to beat Penn State. So, um, I do like that one a lot. I do think that's a very, very, very fun matchup uh, as far as the New York Six goes. And, you know, obviously there are more. There's a lot more I could probably talk about here in in, in these games. But, you know, for right now, I'm going to st- stick with... That's the one I'm, like, highlighting. I'm never missing this one. Um, obviously... It takes place right before the Auburn game, the Music City Bowl, so I'll be watching two hours of the Penn State Ole Miss game and then flipping over to watch Auburn disappoint me in the Music City Bowl and then flipping back over to watch the end of the Ole Miss game at halftime.
1: Absolutely. I, I think that's a really good one as well. Speaking of underrated ones, if everybody plays, it depends with how the transfer portal is going right now and that sort of thing. And I'm curious who doesn't play, but I like the Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic. That On paper, that's an underratedly good matchup. Ohio State, obviously everyone knows Ohio State. But Missouri has been surprisingly good this year. They earned that number nine ranking. They they I think they've lost to Georgia. And I think they had one other loss, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember if they even do have one other loss. But like they've been that is no team to scoff at as well too on paper. They don't have the same cachet, but that's a really, really good matchup. And if both teams come fully loaded, I really look forward to that one. That being said, though, the matchup I was kind of hoping for we would have got is I would have swapped. And had Missouri taking on Liberty and Oregon taking on Ohio State. If I could if I could have my cake and eat it too. I think those Oregon-Ohio State matchups are always electric. I think Ohio State in the Big Ten games are just weird. Utah and Ohio State a couple of years ago in that Rose Bowl. When they played Oregon a couple, I think the same year too. I think this year, Bo Nix, Marvin Harrison Jr., two Heisman Trophy finalists in the same game. If they both play, of course. I think that one could have been very electric. And Missouri and Liberty, kind of the two surprise teams in here when you look at it as well. It's like, oh. Didn't see that coming. Missouri's usually a bottom feeder and Liberty's Liberty. Hold on so. now.
0: <laughs> Missouri, you know, Missouri is the 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 one of the, the one of the teams that always just surprises people, right? Like you say bottom feeder, but well they usually
1: surprise program. people, but not like in, in a New York six way.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. They're fair. Fair enough. They are they're, they're like always middle of the pack, right? Um except for since they went to the SEC. They were they won the conference their first year in the SEC or uh, in their the eastern side of things. They did lose to Auburn in the in the SEC Championship game, but fun fact for you. Um, but no, I do I do agree. I think Missouri and Liberty would have been a much, much more fun matchup. Oh, by the way, Missouri, uh, two losses Georgia and LSU. That was, I couldn't kind of um, remember that. LSU, LSU by 10, Georgia. Well, let's just say that was not a fun game. Um, but they did beat K State in the season. So, you know, it's not like they're just a wash up, you know, easy win. Uh, so, yeah, no, I think do, that I do, do agree. Uh, Liberty, I mean, what they're doing right now undefeated is never easy, especially when you do go and play some teams on the road. Obviously, if you look at their strength of schedule, People are like, oh, they don't deserve it over, I don't know who won the American, but oh, over SMU. But you know what? I don't care. Give the undefeated group of five team a chance. They beat last year, group of five team beat a power five team in the playoffs. So you know what? At this point in time, shut up, all you haters. They can win one. They don't have to win two. They just need to win one this time. <laughs> um, no, I do think, I, I do think, I do think Oregon versus Liberty, it will be an interesting matchup, but I, I don't think it was, would be as competitive as the Mizzou Liberty game would be. And on the flip side of things, I think Ohio State, Oregon would have been a lot more fun, too. Um, but I do think, I mean, I do do like Ohio State, especially with Kyle McCord not being in Ohio State for this game. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with a backup quarterback. Whether Marvin Harrison Jr. plays or not, different conversation, but you still have weapons. Um, you won't have Trayvon Henderson, but you'll still have other weapons.
1: Fleming's um, also entered the transfer portal for him too, so maybe a lot even fewer weapons. You know, maybe it's a better game now because everyone in the transfer portal are potentially not playing.
0: Hey, don't sleep on Missouri, though. This is the only one thing I'll say. If there's one team that historically for the last twenty years, I would say don't sleep on it's probably Missouri because that offense is as quick, quick strike as it gets. I mean, they put countless receivers into the league because they literally throw up sixty yard bombs. And these guys will either taller than everybody, or faster than everybody, or they have better hands than everybody else, and they'll score a touchdown. So it's like they put, they put, no, they put some quarterbacks in the league too, but they're not great. But they put a lot of wide receivers in the league.
1: Also, also that's definitely an interesting one. And don't forget, we could go into all these games in nauseam. But don't forget, we're going to be going bowling here. Be sure to check out that annual bowling episode coming up you here do. shortly as well, too, in time where we talk about we go through all the bowl games, see what see which ones we can get right, which ones we can get wrong, and which ones are just downright awful. I, I was going to, to get the first rate. one but since then Kelsey's had the edge over me in the one since then so. Yeah,
0: I, I need yeah. to go get calculate our percentages for the last two years combined. Um I know first year we we did was like close to 70% correct? I think so um, I think
1: I, I think I was like 71 year like 68 I think yeah, as well. i, I nudged it on like two or three spots but that's cuz I was also face deep in the LSU train for which got me nice going too. Yeah. So
0: no, I mean, I think I think that'll be fun. I I'll, I'll get those together and we'll we'll talk about those when we do our our going bowling episode. So stay tuned for that too because that'll be a lot of fun. I can't wait for that episode.
1: Absolutely, and you know what? We kind of avoided the bulldog in the Seminole in the rooms here. We alluded to it. Obviously, that game is a playoff game without being a playoff. Is one is undefeated and one of them is twenty nine and one in the last one thousand days or so. And which kind of just, we'll kind of allude to it now. College football playoff that leaves Michigan at one, Washington at two, Texas at three, Alabama at four. Tell someone let you lead the way on this one. Did they get it right? No. <laughs> all right, we
0: got that out of the way quickly. No, uh, first of all, let's start at the very top. Michigan is not the number one
1: overall team here, period. Michigan has beat who? I'm well, waiting. Ohio State now. and Iowa and Penn State now, or Penn State and Iowa now. So, Iowa, okay. Um, so, Penn oh, State no, the Ohio. only reason we're even including that is because they at least beat them, covered the spread. If they didn't cover the spread at one count.
0: Fair, okay, fair enough. Um, but Penn State and Ohio State, let's just count those two. Now, have, were either one of those two, other than Ohio State? So, okay, you have one win against a top ten team. How many wins against the top ten teams do, do Washington have?
1: Let's see. Technically, two, just in the Oregon ones alone. I think Oregon State was eleven when they beat them, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. So, you talk if we're
0: going top fifteen, they actually have four victories over top fifteen teams. Um, top
1: twenty five. It gets even deeper than
0: yeah, that. Top twenty five. Then, you, yeah, you include USC in there. You included a few other teams um, before USC got dumped out of the top twenty five. But yeah, I mean, look. <laughs> the, don't get me wrong. The defense is not great for Washington. We can all concede that the defense is not the best thing in the world. But that offense, again, I will say it a thousand and one times. It is great at everything, across the board. Right now, they can pass. They can get you with some 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 window dressing, if you will. They can run the ball right up the middle on you, as they proved in the lot, in the championship game. Uh, <laughs> and and that Oregon defense is no slouch. Top ten, top fifteen defense in the in the nation, and top. Fifteen against the run as well um actually top 10 against the run uh what well, was now it's not but michael Penix, uh, you know we'll talk about him shortly um that he is what he is uh, he throws one of the finest out routes i have seen um it is just so sharp so precise he does mess up a couple here and there that's fine but when you have romaduze out there he, you can make a little bit I've of a you feel pretty comfortable because that's a big body guy, very Debo Samuel-esque in a lot of ways. Um, some people like to say AJ Brown. I can see both. Um, I don't think he's the f- full athletic specimen of AJ Brown.
1: Not doesn't have the size. I don't think he's quite as like
0: yeah, he they, he's, not so as, like, he's not as bulky. So that's why I, I tend to lean towards the Debo comparison for him a little more. But I that defense, I mean that offense is, is just a stand outstanding. And the defense is opportunistic, they will take the ball away and in 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 pass downs you don't really want to deal with them because they can get after the quarterback. Uh, and one thing Washington historically has always done. And I say historically, I'm going to say since 2000, I should, should, should caveat that the center of their defensive line has always been strong.
1: They and recruit they get, that's been like an anchor for them. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, they, they recruit that position successfully almost every year. Um, it feels like this may be a down year, but they still have two hogs down there. So you, you don't feel as bad. Um, and their secondary is always an opportunistic take the ball away type of secondary. Um very few times have they ever had like a full lockdown system and when they did that was Buda Baker and, and squad back there. Um so yeah, it's yeah, I look I think Washington needs to be number 1 here. That's flat out top, top to bottom. That is my number one issue with this top four. It's not the Florida State situation, it's not the Georgia situation. But now getting into that, you drop Georgia five spots to get to get into this playoff. A undefeated, two-time reigning national champion, Georgia team, who has still no home losses over that span. Their only losses come now in the SEC championship game. If this was Alabama, if this was Ohio State, this was Michigan, I'd even say if this was USC, they're a four seed, period, End of conversation. And I said this earlier in the in, in the year when they did the earlier releases. You screwed yourself early on because you did not allow the proper fluidity you need to allow for the playoff to work. For the fourteen playoff to work. Because you screwed yourself in the situation of Alabama. Yes, should Alabama as a one loss contender still have an opportunity? Absolutely. But if games matter like they supposedly do, especially late in the season, then you have to be penalized on a 4th-and-31 win over a 6-and-6 Auburn team. I'm sorry. It is what it is. And you can't put Bama in there without putting Texas in there because of their head-to-head, period. So you immediately cut out two teams once you decided to put Alabama in. You immediately screwed this. And I said this in our group chat we have with a bunch of people from Belly Up. I wonder who they're going to screw out of the playoffs this year. Because I knew it then. As soon as Alabama won, you just know somebody's getting getting left out, and unfortunately, Florida State is the one that's down. And I do get it. Yeah, you're on your second, third string quarterback, third string quarterback for the chip for the for for the the um, ACC championship game. You know what? That's okay. That team hangs their hat on their defense. I they hang their hat on their defense and they hang their hat on Keon Coleman. I can throw it to Keon Coleman and give him 100 plus yards a game.
1: I don't okay. is going to be a top 15 pick at defensive end. I think it's Verassi's how oh, you say his name. He's yeah. going to be a top 15 pick.
0: That defense alone is fantastic. And you saw it in the ACC Championship game. I don't, honestly, I, I don't want to say that if Jordan Travis is out there, I don't I, I don't think it would be different.
1: Jared, first. My apologies, Jared. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> I had to get that right.
0: Uh, but no, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. If Jordan Travis is out there, I still think it's a defensive slugfest. I don't think it changes much things. So I think that's a big part of this that like, yeah, you lost your starting quarterback to a gruesome injury. He's not going to be back. Okay, Rotomaker will be back.
2: He's he still,
0: he's still a quality quarterback. I mean, the, the guy who's a four-star recruit coming into college. That doesn't mean trash. That means very good. Um, he knows how to be capable and read the defense a defense on a basic level. I mean, that's really what that means. Give him a chance. Uh, look, we gave Cincinnati a chance. They proved us right in the first round. Did they prove us right in the second round? No, nobody was gonna prove us right in the second round against Georgia. That's fine. We accept that. Um, oh sorry, and TCU did TCU prove us right? N- well, they did in the first round, did not prove it was right in the second round. You know, it's like, all right, so you do it, you, you deal with what you get. Um, but at the same time, it's yeah, uh, so did they get it right? No. Do I can can I can can I see where they came from to get this decision? absolutely i don't think anybody's blind if you're blind you might not be able to figure this out but that's no they'll figure it out still they'll write it still like if you follow by braille here at the end of the day is the the college football playoff has always been an alabama ohio state invitational i've said this for the last three years on the show um at any point in time if you've heard the show you know i've said this (laughs) like i'm the biggest complainer when it comes to the college football playoff committee um you just get a bunch of guys that they're old heads At the end of the day, they don't understand the current college football dynamic. They don't understand that just because you lose your quarterback doesn't mean it's the end-all-beat-all now. There are so many ways to scheme a game. There's so many ways to play that you don't need necessarily a top-tier quarterback to win. Point in in case? Look at Michigan. Look at Michigan. Look at San Francisco and the pros. No offense to Brock Purdy. I know he's a possible MVP candidate, blah, 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 blah. Is he a top-tier quarterback? Mm, No. Look at Jimmy Garoppolo when he was with the Niners twice getting to the NFC Championship game, once to the Super Bowl.
1: <laughs>
0: you don't have to be a great quarterback in today's offenses to succeed.
1: Look at Stetson Bennett the last two years too. Like that has been a
0: quintessential game manager. I put Tate Rodemaker out there. He can game manage and throw the ball up to Keon Coleman successfully. Florida State is a very simple offense. It is a run predicated throw it up to Keon Coleman and when he has his matchup. So that means 75% run, 25% passes. Exactly. That's
1: it. We're drawing into the same conclusion here. We're both in agreement here. Florida State got shafted. I don't care that they were on their third string quarterback and it's an ugly conference championship game. I These games matter is what you say. They're the first undefeated Power 5 conference champion to not make the playoffs.
0: And uh, by I, the way, first top...
1: Uh, I, I just have to throw this in
0: for Georgia because we're talking first here. Georgia also becomes the first undefeated... Reigning champion through a regular season to lose their cham- conference championship and be left out of the bowl, left out of the playoff.
1: Absolutely, and I'm going to go back to the very first college football playoff. We remember who won that one: Ohio State, led by their third-string quarterback Cardell Jones, whose famous quote was, "We didn't come here to play school." That's all you need to know about that, and he's not heard from since, really. But I understand they won 59 to nothing in that Big Ten championship game that made uh, over Wisconsin. That's an that makes you a little more comfortable with it, except for it was Wisconsin. Exactly. It was Wisconsin. And it was the Thurston quarterback who played a game before that. That's who you're going for. Florida State played it with their Thurston quarterback with the backup coming back. The backup is missing this game, but in a month it's going to be ready to go.
0: Hell, if you ask the backup, he was ready to go in that game.
1: He was ready. To, he's ready to go right now on top of it. Like he probably would have been ready to go on that Sunday after that he got hurt. the, the I feel like more weight needs to be put in these conference championship games, especially when there are options. If you're a conference champion, it's not like previous years where it was like, okay, these three teams are locked in, but the fourth spot is where you could slip in. Last year, Ohio State, that was clearly a, one of those teams, but no one else had really earned it. There's a bunch, Alabama had multiple losses. You know how last year there was an opening. A couple of years ago when it was at Georgia, when Georgia got in for their first national championship, they got smoked by Alabama in the SEC championship game. That was the one where Bryce Young won his Heisman, basically. And then there was nobody else. Like, there was no Big 12 champion that was undefeated. Pac 12 was rough. Utah threw a a shoe in that one again, like Utah's done the last couple of years, even with USC. This year, you had five options for four spots. And you got, and you let, you mentioned Alabama in the Auburn game. Like, that's, you had arguably the best win of the season against Georgia. And you were fourth and 31 away from not having firm and not mattering at all. You were about to be LSU from last year, basically. Florida State is getting punished for beating LSU too earlier in the season when they were ranked number five. The potential Heisman Trophy winner is on that team who is the odds on favorite right now. And they smoked him. They didn't just beat him, they smoked him. They scheduled out of their conference. They went out of their way to do what was needed, went undefeated, yeah. and got the shaft. George, as you mentioned, unfortunately for them, that loss just came at a bad time. Like that loss is not near, is not. That loss is probably equal to Alabama's win over Auburn when if you want to weight it, if that makes sense. You lost by three in the SEC championship game the first time in two years. I get you can't really get it. this would be the year they don't get in as a non-conference champion. I kind of get that. They deserve it if you want to go by the best team, but when you go by games matter and actually earning it, the unfortunate miss out. In my opinion, I think we are drawing the same conclusion in no particular order. Should go Washington, Michigan, Tech, Florida State, Texas for the, yes. for the four. I, th- I, th- I think Sorry, the SEC gets left out, but unfortunately, that's that's the way it played out. Your champion lost to another champion, and the other three are undefeated.
0: Yeah, like the so. was
1: the best. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. off oh, right. go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. The Pac-12 was the best conference this year. The SEC was not the best conference, like it has been the majority of the last two decades, where you could get you know, where that made sense. Like was Georgia, and Alabama, okay. Well, the best second place in the best conference by far. Okay, fine. no, the Pac-12 was the best conference this year, which is ironic because now it's dead. But it, right, it it was the best conference this year. The SEC was probably second still. Like, But Pac-12 was definitely the best conference, and the numbers show that, so you can't even use that. If you're going to put in a, a one-loss team, I would say put in a two-loss Oregon over some of these. Other, honestly, I would say if we're going to go by a quality of team, who we think the best teams are, Oregon is as good as anybody else right now. Oregon is as good as anyone you could stick in there. If we're going to go by the best team narrative. I'm just saying, not I'm saying, I'm just saying. You're not wrong at all.
0: Um, no, I, I think I think to your point, um, you know, you talk about the losses here, right? Texas, probably the worst loss of the group as far as, all, all the, you know, the three, let's say the three or if we're going to talk Alabama, Georgia, Texas, right? Mm-hmm. So, Texas has the worst loss. Georgia has the best loss, if That's you right. will. Mm-hmm. Alabama has the neutral loss. They have the best win, but they also have six... Five close games against opponents who they shouldn't be close with, including Ole Miss. Um, you know, people forget that they were losing to Ole Miss. Oh, let's not also forget
1: was it South Florida that they were losing the halftime against? I think that was during the Jalen Mill role benching then coming back scenario early and in the, the matter, season. Still no, I'm agreeing with you. I'm okay. agreeing with you. I'm saying that's when yeah. I have, I'm, I'm agreeing. Like that's when it happened. Like they didn't even have their quarterback for a month. Like, they couldn't figure So it out. so you look at that way. Okay, Georgia had no issue
0: with any team other than Auburn. Auburn's the only team they actually struggled with, and then Texas, on the other hand, with Quinn Ewers, only one loss. Without Quinn Ewers, actually, with Quinn Ewers, no losses. Without Quinn Ewers, had their only loss. So, if you're going to wait off that, then I think Texas gets the nod there. I'm, I'm, and, and I don't think Florida State should have ever been out of this conversation. Period. Because to your point, undefeated champion. You win the games you had to win. You can only do that. That's the thing. You can only win what's in front of you. I've said this a thousand and one times, right? You can only win the schedule that's put in front of you. So Georgia did their job. They won what was in front of them. Florida State did their job. They won what was in front of them for the regular season. Georgia lost to Alabama in the SEC Championship game. It's an untimely loss and it sucks. And then based off the other three things I just talked about, the bad losses, the good losses, and where they came, you got to you got to got to leave Bam out. Like that that does that shouldn't be the team that you put in that drags Texas with it. No, it should be you put Texas in and you leave Bama out because squeaks it
1: basically. Yeah, because while
0: Georgia that. lost to Bama, Bama lost to Texas. So therefore, Texas is the better of the three teams based off that little chain. The same chain that UCF uses to claim a national championship. Same claim that Alabama uses to claim sixteen of their national championships. I'm sorry, I digress. Um anyways. Uh, no, it, it, but seriously, like, like you got to common sense, right? Common d- logic should dictate that Florida State should have been given the opportunity here. And if you're gonna put the one lost team in there, it's gonna be Texas because they're a champion. And that's the, that's your rule, right? That is the, the rule you set up. And I know they put it in their bylaws that if somebody's injured and could impact the team's play, but guess what? It didn't. It literally led the. It galvanized the team to make two to get two more wins. They were actually they were losing the game when Travis got injured. Everybody forgets that they were losing the game against North Alabama when Travis got injured, and they came back and won the game with Rotomaker, handily. Handily won that game. Cover okay, the
1: spread, if I'm not mistaken,
0: they did. They did cover the 20 point spread. And here's the thing: you win that game, and then you win two more games after that with Rotomaker. And then you win your your championship game with your third string quarterback with Roto ready to go. That dictates that your team should be there. That's just common sense, and that's the thing. The thing that at the end of the day, I think is lacking. Everybody wants to be smarter than the computers, right? Well, you're thinking you're thinking too hard about this. There's a there's a theory. Keep it simple, stupid. Kiss, kiss your neighbor. Keep it simple, stupid. Like that's it. First, but yeah, yeah, definitely ask. Don't (laughs) keep person first, please. (laughs) Um, but You're no, for any of that, yeah, no, yeah, the uh, yeah, please. Um, no, I do not endorse, uh, without without permission. Um, mm-hmm. uh, no, I, I, but seriously, like the committee, they're overthinking this. This, and here's the thing next year, a group of five is going to get bumped by an undefeated outsider, and they're gonna be like, nope, they deserve that. We well, see it now, you already see it now, like you already see the, and, and it's going to be the same people right now that are like, oh. You guys are just complaining because it's Bama. No, we're complaining because it's wrong. Like, the fact of the matter is, it doesn't matter who the team is. It's wrong. You want to put my best teams? Here you go. Here's a theory for you. Put Florida, put Florida State in there, and then put Liberty in there. There you have all undefeated. You have the undefeated teams in the nation. Done. <laughs> I mean, you, they put so much weight into. I'm gonna pull out old NCAA theory here. The 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 um. Oh God! What is it? Uh, the stars, the legacy, the legacy meter, right? Indeed, yeah. So you have Alabama with the seven stars here. People forget ten years ago, before Nick Saban, Alabama sucked. Uh, yeah, I mean, I they, mean were they were, were, were bad. bad. There were literally bumper stickers about uh, about sacking Brady Cro- or Brody Croyle. Like that's how bad that team was. So it's not like this team is a new age. Is is a is a legacy team? I mean, there were twenty five plus years of bad. Alabama football. There were fifteen plus years of bad Georgia football. There was ten of Texas. I mean, in our recent memory. So, like, I don't know. Stop putting all this weight into their legacy and start putting weight into what they actually do on the field. And that's where I'll stop my rant because I could probably continue on this for a while.
1: This could. This we probably picked the wrong one that had the interview on because we could have used the entire show we just made it one big segment on this. Is what well. we could have made the college football I'd, special. But
0: I, like, I get it. I get where they coming. They're where they're coming from because you can't put. George, or you can't put Bama in without Texas, period. And so because you chose to put Bama in, and I get it, you chose the SEC champion. That's fine. But, like, at least – and here's my thing. I said this in the chat. Just explain the whole reason why you left those two teams out. Not yeah. just why you left Georgia out, but why did you leave Georgia and Florida State out? Because they haven't provided a reason for both. They've only provided a reason for Georgia, and then they said, oh – well, we believe them to be a better team, but what is that like? You didn't knock down your steps, whereas Georgia—they com- they explained it based off of their the criteria. They didn't do that with Florida State, and that I think that needs to be the thing. Like the committee needs to be held accountable. Referee needs to be held accountable. Committee needs to be held accountable.
1: Everyone talks about the SEC bias and that sort of thing too, and this is where people get that idea from it's as well. The Bama, the,
0: well saying, yeah, the Bama bias is well, I'm saying
1: They say SEC, but Bama's like the head culprit of that, of course, too. Well, like didn't like they? We'll call it the Bama slash SEC bias. Like everyone gets thrown into the lump a little bit, obviously. except for Auburn. Auburn doesn't get the Bam doesn't get the SEC bias. All right, we'll call it the Alabama and the Georgia bias and whatever. My point is, everyone when we talk about it, there is no real no math that equates to this being the right option with them. There's no mathematical way to do it. You want to say the best teams based on what? Like you said, they were fourth and thirty one miracle away from beating a five hundred team. If we're gonna go by the eye test, you're throwing Georgia and Oregon in there, really. I'm sorry. We're gonna go by the eye test of what the best teams are. Like, really, it should be Florida State. But they're saying, "Oh, without the quarterback, they're eliminated." Okay, that's stupid. But all right, then of the remaining teams, you're throwing in. You're throwing in. You could even make a case for Ohio State by that case. I wouldn't. But like, the way you're making a case that there's like five other teams you could put in besides Alabama at that point, because Alabama does not look like the best team. They had the best win, but a broken score, a broken clock strike twice a day. I'm not trying to dismiss the SEC champions, a big deal. And 21 out of 22 years, they'd have every right to be in there and there'd be no complaints. But unfortunately this is the one year where it's like you have an undefeated conference champion. You booted out for Alabama. Yeah. And you bring go- on the twelve team playoff. That's all I got. <laughs> I think it starts next year, if I'm not mistaken. It does. It does. Twenty twenty four is the twelve team playoff. But they needed to just say screw it and institute it now. Even if they said you only did it for Bama, it's like cool. That means we get Bama, Georgia, Oregon. Like that twelve team playoff this year would be incredible.
0: We it talked about that years
1: There's your playoffs. Yeah, that'd be
0: a lot of fun. You get, you get Tulane, or you know, you get SMU, you get Liberty, you get those two. Um, you get. You know, everybody else, and that's one of that one title. So, like, I can't complain.
1: And I think what, so far, I'll just kind of recap, but we are in a grants. Washington, one, Michigan, two, should be Florida State, three, should be Texas, four. Yeah. Yeah. That feels right like, now, right now, with the teams they gave us, do you think Alabama should be, is four, Texas, three? Do they get that part right, at least with what they gave us?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, this is, this, this is why it bothers me, right? Is because you couldn't put Texas, Texas, like, you couldn't put Bama in without putting Texas in. But they didn't put Bama at three, still to justify because, the decision.
1: Because put you can't Meaning head
0: Texas head. was the better of the two, and they agree with that. And that Bama is at four, like that's like I yeah. So I agree that right with the with what they put in there, this is the right
1: order.
0: It's right the right order, way, but Bama. the wrong clearly wrong. Yeah, right order for three and four. It's just that the the wrong teams are in three and four. Personally,
1: exactly, and it's disappointing because I feel like Texas and Washington had a very good. I think those two teams could have beat a lot of these other teams. That one. I would. I'd would love to see that as the national championship game if we would have pulled off. It'd have been tough. Ed, not saying it would have happened. They might. They could both very easily lose. The cool part is we get one of them in there, so we're going to yeah. see one of those two teams against Michigan. Oh, It'll be a game too. It might be yeah. fifty plus each. Easily. easily, yeah. That's and that's two really good quarterbacks going head to head. Where there's a, I feel like we. It was a bit of a letdown, and I would have loved to see Florida State against Washington because that probably would have been the matchup how they have it. Florida State's a three. That defense with that what would be a very controlling mm-hmm. offense against that offense and that opportunistic, but does bend a lot defense like that's a matchup who's, who's going to break first is verse going to get out and that defense going to stop Penix or is Penix going to show off, show off what could be a Heisman trophy and come back. You never know. And then you'd have Michigan taking on Texas, which same story, different chapter the high flying offense versus the best defense in the country that that, So I digress. We could go on and on and on about this, but we do have a few other things to get into really quickly. We'll go and just, we talked about it. We'll go to it. The Heisman Trophy candidates have been announced too. Your boy Bo Nix is among them, along with Michael mm-hmm. Penix, Marvin Harrison Jr. and Jane Daniels. Ironically enough, all three to five-year guys in college too. No, no freshmen, no sophomores. Marvin's the young guy with three years in college. Nonetheless. Was say,
0: yeah, not just that, but all three quarterbacks are transfer quarterbacks mm-hmm. with five years plus
1: of experience. Which is absolutely incredible. So you, you've been on the Bo Nix train for Quite a while, actually, as well, too. Basically, since they beat Colorado is when you're like, all right, this I expected him to let me down here, but he didn't let me down here, so we're going to ride with it. you think he think he brings it home, or who do you think is going to bring home the trophy from New York? So there's two caveats to this. Yes, I have been riding the Bo Nooks train pretty hard. I did think he was my dark
0: horse to get here. Um, but I did one make one caveat in the season about this, and I'm going to stand by it, and I still believe this to be true. The winner of the trio of Pac-12 teams, which is USC, Oregon, and Washington, the winner of that trio – Head to head and the championship and the conference championship should be your Heisman Trophy winner. And I stand by it. I believe that to be Michael Penix. Period. (laughs) Like, end of conversation. I believe that to be Michael Penix. It should be Michael Penix. I understand the other conversations for him, but he is the best player on the top two team in the nation. And without him, I don't think this team even sniffs the top 25.
1: And he sat out a lot to get those fourth quarters early on, too. So his numbers could be even more stacked. Where Jaden Daniels is the odds on favorite, numerically speaking, fully understand it. Oh, freak I of a
0: season, like absolute freak of a season for Jaden Daniels. Let's not kid ourselves. Like the dudes a stud.
1: And honestly, if you want it, I wouldn't say it's egregious. I wouldn't say anyone got robbed. But I feel like the clear option should be Michael Penix. Like this feels like when Devontae Smith won it, he was the clear option. But if someone had told you Trevor Lawrence that year, it'd have been like, or Mac Jones, you'd have been like, Okay, disagree, but the I, numer- mean, I would never agree to Mac Jones. But yes, I do agree with You know term. what I mean? Statistically yeah. speaking, he had forty and four. So like it it made yeah. sense that, like numerically speaking, which is what I see here. You want to give it to Jay Daniels, that makes sense. He's earned it no qualms. But it feels so it feels like it's too obviously Michael Penix, which is why they're not gonna pick him, if that makes sense. It almost feels too obvious that they're gonna pick someone else, which you know what, Jane Daniels? I think he played himself into a first round pick if he decides to come out this year too. I think he should have at least. Maybe a mid to late first round pick, but yeah, That's well, a lot of know. talent to the right team. Rumors are he's coming back for that sixth season. If he does, he might be very, very dangerous next year, especially if they could keep those one or if not both of those receivers for one more year. We'll have to wait and see. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll see. Bro. We're, we're in agreement that it should be Michael Penix, probably going to be yeah. James. I,
0: I will say this, though, and that is nothing against Marvin Harrison. I just think any other year Marvin Harrison probably wins this walking away because it was very clear and obvious that Ohio State doesn't win without Marvin Harrison involved in that offense very clear i mean kyle mccord literally just threw it up to him at many a time and it was just like marvin's like
1: oh i got you don't worry to the point where we were like kyle throw to him more even though he had like it was like you felt like he was 18 18
0: 18, uh targets in one game and it's still like yeah you could give him 18 more i would have been okay with 18 more that'd been fine but like i mean let's just be honest so and then i'd say the same thing about bo nicks really Uh, in my opinion bo nicks any other season i understand it giving bo Nix the trophy i think but bo-, bo Nix probably would deserve it in any other season but you lost to one of the other heisman trophy candidates twice yeah twice <laughs> and in your first loss to him you didn't really do much either uh your second loss you did a whole lot more but your first loss you didn't do much um and then you, you did you, you were very much a game manager which is again for his nfl career fantastic uh, but for, and, and and I'll even say and throughout his career progression, a fantastic progression
1: for Bo Nix. But again, not for a Heisman Trophy winner. Exactly. It's a, it's the same thing that we're going to talk about here in a few minutes with the MVP. You could be very, very good. You could be a pro bowler, but you can't be an MVP depending on your play style. And by the way, for Marvin Harrison, 67 catches, 1,200 yards, 14 touchdowns. Not eye-dropping numbers, but that's, I mean, those are damn good numbers, and we wanted him to get the ball more. We had games exactly. where like, what are you doing? 18 is out there. He's out there somewhere. Just try it. Oh, he's one. He's being left one on one on every play. Why are you not throwing him every play? You know like, what? He's two on one every play. Give him the ball anyways. It like feels like he could have easily gotten close to like eighty or receptions or something like that too. Like it felt like the offense was almost trying to use him as a decoy to a fault at points as well. And they do have other good targets. I, I won't mitigate yeah, any. Three not like other, other goals, five stars. Yeah, like you got a great tight end who's going to be playing on Sundays. Another receiver going in the first round. You had Fleming who's going to be a future nfl player i'm sure as well depending on where yeah, you're five-star recruit number one receiver in his class by the way and you had two uh, you had two outstanding running backs as well I, I digress we can go into it all in all but as trophy we're kind of on the same tier but this kind of is going a good way to segue us into kelsey's favorite part of every show that is crunch time crunch time brought to you by outlier go to outlier.bet backslash sports. get a free seven-day trial best smarter not harder put some money down on find out find, put some money down see if you can win some back but Will the real MVP of the NFL please stand up? I feel like is what we're we're feeling right now. Right now, Brock Purdy after a dominant victory over the Eagles, which I do want to point out something kind of goofy I realized before we get into it. Teams take notes. In the offseason, whine your butt off if you're going to play that team again because it works. The Eagles whined and cried about the Super Bowl offseason, and then they managed, then they beat the beat the Chiefs in the rematch in their home. The 49ers whined and complained about the Eagles all offseason. Broke into their house, kicked up their feet on the love sofa, and had a TV dinner, and then rubbed some Cheeto cheese underneath the couch cushions, and then walked out. They absolutely bullied him, and Debo wore black Air Force Ones, and st- and it backed it up. Anyway, I digress. Teams need to do that more often. But Brock Purdy's taking over for the MVP favorite this year. We've talked about MVP feels like it's absolutely up in the air. Is it Brock? Who? What do we think? of Kelsey, when we look at MVP for NFL, I
0: I don't know, man. The mm-hmm. the NFL MVP feels so weird. I get the conversations for Dak. I get the conversations for Brock. But I feel like this is a situation where Brock, personally, I don't think he is a MVP caliber player this year. I think he's a great game manager. He does what the offense needs him to do, but he doesn't do anything more. I think Tua, as far as quarterbacks go, should have a case for MVP. I think Tyreek should have a case for MVP. We're going to talk about a non-quarterback MVP. I think this is a great time to give it to Tyreek, especially if he crosses 2,000. Which he's going to do. It's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. <laughs> um, but if you're going to give it to a quarterback, I think you have to look at Dak. And I hate saying that because I sound like a homer and I don't like it because I know how many empty calorie yards come in there. But at the same time, during big games right now, the dude's playing well. Like, I got to give him credit. He's 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 been efficient and he's been on target, which is something for his career, I can say, has always been a concern, is being consistent in on target. He's had Um, one bad game and it was the
1: 49ers game. Every other game, he's been good to great to excellent.
0: Yeah, and and again, nothing against Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy has done well, but he benefits from having an offensive coordinator that is so good at scheming. We don't know exactly if it's the quarterback or if it's the scheme. We saw when the guys
1: got hurt, he struggled.
0: Yeah, and it's the same thing with Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Like Jimmy Garoppolo was able to leave the Niners to the Super Bowl and to the NFC Championship game, and then like, now you see Brock Purdy doing it, and you're like, oh, so it's just the scheme. But, like, realistically, Brock Purdy's playing way better than Brock Purdy has ever played football in his life right now. And he is on caliber, like, on pace if he continues this for multiple seasons to be an MVP caliber player. Just, it's not right now. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, I think I think if you're going to give it to a quarterback, <sighs> Dak, I guess. Um, but, yeah, I, I, prefer, I honestly prefer seeing Tyreek as the MVP right now.
1: Winners, no quarterback is like Dak is the only one really in the conversation, in my opinion. Maybe Jalen, maybe Patrick, you can't put Patrick it's in. Jalen finishes the season. Yes, exactly. I'm saying like we ended it right now. Jalen's in the conversation, but you can't give it to him right now. Yeah, he's third in my book right now. And that's what I have him like third. I have him second amongst quarterbacks, but I have him like fourth or fifth overall, honestly. At this point,
0: oh, that's fair. That's fair.
1: Patrick Mahomes, you can't put him in there. You can't put in Taylor's boyfriend at this point, too. Like he's having an offseason. The clear answer to me is I agree with you. Tyreek Hill is MVP right now. It's clear as day in my opinion. Number two is CMC because you see how that offense operates. He is the workhorse behind it. He has scored in almost every damn game. It feels like all but one leads the NFL. And that was a game. They won like 35 to seven. (laughs) They they let everyone else score. He took the night off. They he's leads the league in rushing by a country mile, not just a mile, like a full country mile dual threat. As we mentioned, everything he's done, he's put the team on his back. So Tyreek and CMC, then I think you get into maybe where you put Dak and those guys till you put Dak in there. I'll make a case for miles Garrett. It's fallen off a little bit recently I, you can even put in TJ Watt with what they've done with zero offense. Those teams are being carried by their defense right now. And then you go into like the Jalen's and that sort of thing too. But I, if, if Tyreek's not the MVP this year, what does someone have to do at this point? He leads the NFL in yards and touchdowns and targets. Like yeah. it's a, Justin Jefferson was in the conversation last year, and he just had a buttload of yards. He had like six touchdowns. Tyreek feels like he does that in a half. Cooper's up a couple years ago did the triple crown, and Tyreek's on pace to pass him in yards and yards. I believe not receptions or touchdowns necessarily, but yards clearly. It it feels like it's Tyreek's, but we know it's going to end up not going to Tyreek. But Brock's awesome, Pro Bowl level quarterback, not the MVP of the NFL right now. Pro Bowler, yes, can win a Super Bowl, yes. On looking like they will win a Super Bowl. At this pace, that the way they play the good teams, just maybe check out Tier Tuesdays for our opinions on the 49ers, of course. But he's not the MVP of the NFL at this point. Um, I, I want to raise two guys to you that, that we don't
0: talk about that are on two teams that are right now
1: very good. Uh, Lamar Jackson, I, yes, indeed. I, I wish his numbers were just a little bit more inflated to match it, but yes, he's definitely, if we're going top 10, he's on that list guaranteed. Fair enough. Um, now what about Jared Goff? Honestly, I he's right there too. If I think that the Packers and Bears games were returned into a turnover machine, kind of had it dropped. We talked about it a few weeks ago at our midseason awards. He was right there for us. The turnover frenzy the last couple weeks, I think, has him in like that six spot right below Dak. But Jared's not far off. If they go on, they go on a little run here or just do what they've been doing, but he puts two hands on the ball. Yeah, he's right there too. Yeah.
0: And so there's a third one, but I he obviously got injured on Monday. So I don't know if I really want to bring him up, but. That being Trevor Lawrence, um, he was a very good candidate, but I don't know at this point if
1: you can even consider him as a top ten guy. It's such because he had such a rough start to the year, and then he finally got going, and then we saw that ankle injury as well. So I, it's such a weird, convoluted race right now because of it's like you're putting one pound of potatoes in a, or you're putting five pounds of potatoes in a one pound bag this year is what it feels like trying to pick the right option. There's so many of them that are close by. Just Brock's awesome, but the fact that he's the leading MVP thing it it kind of nullifies the award a little bit. Cause now it's just a good quarterback who had a great primetime game award, basically. Yeah. And if Dak lights up the Eagles, he's going to take over the spot, which makes sense. But if he stinks against the Eagles and Jalen hurts comes out firing, he's going to take, it's, it's a mess, but i agree. I think we're in agreement as much as we don't like it. Terry kills probably the favorite right now. And he probably should be. should be, he should be the favorite, but he's not the favorite. And then I'll throw, I look, I'm I stand by Tua. Um, I still think Tua
0: is a fantastic, per, per, in a fantastic position for the MVP. I just think he keeps getting overlooked because it's like what he's doing with Tyreek. It's like, but here's the thing: Tyreek doesn't do what he's doing if he doesn't have to, uh, Tua throwing him the ball. So it's not necessarily a situation where Tyreek is doing this a one man show. And
1: I agree with you. I'm putting Tua up there before Brock.
0: Yeah, I mean, agreed. Uh, realistically, I think I think I mean I even put him up there ahead of Dak right now as far as quarterback. I think he's my first overall quarterback. Dak second. Um, but I get I, I I get the reasons for putting Dak above Tua though. I do understand it.
1: The, those two have those two teams have the same issue that they are basically can crushers at this point of force. We need yeah. them to they need we need not look another heavyweight in the eye and be like nah fam I know the Cowboys played great against the Eagles but still you still you got to win these games that's the problem like they did beat Seattle which is a good team but still technically a five hundred team and then the Dolphins like they really, I just want them both to look another heavyweight team in the eye and be like nah and then take them out basically. If the Cowboys do that against the Eagles this weekend, Dak looks great, it's like, well, okay, America's team might have America's MVP at this race. We'll see what happens if they – hopefully they don't do something stupid in the playoffs, like make Zeke a center, but I digress. So I think it's too early to tell, obviously, but I just – I hate the, how the odds are shifting like that. I hope they're just goofy odds. I, I don't know. I digress. All we know is it's going it should be an interesting race down the stretch. I'll throw Gardner Minshew in there if we're going to go by quarterbacks at this rate. If it's a quarterback war, let's throw in Gardner Minshew and C.J. Stroud.
0: No, Josh Dobbs has a better t- conversation than them.
1: C.J. Stroud leads a lot of phone passes. Oh no, no, C. C. Okay, okay. The, yeah, no. C.J. C.J. Okay, like the Garden mission was a I was serious about C.J. Like that, that one, that one had some stank behind it. Yeah, no. C.J. Maybe. Yeah, actually, maybe Russell. If they went on that, if they didn't, mm-hmm. if they went on a run, but
0: no, no,
1: hmm. no, no, no. If we're going by numbers, if we're gonna go by the college mm-hmm. football playoff committee's version of it, then I'm just okay. Saying. Oh no, if that's we're gonna key. break the system and go wrong.
0: Yeah, yeah he's maybe. gonna win it because he's married to Sierra. That's gonna be why he wins the 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 mvp i mean would you argue do you know what? actually know travis kelsey <laughs> it because he's dating taylor swift and by the way found out today that they had it under wraps for multiple months before it became public so congratulations again why do i know these things this just keeps happening
1: well we're gonna swiftly end this conversation before this gets turns into two podcasts put together in one but we thank you all for joining us here this week be sure to check out the episode on your favorite places to catch podcasts if you do if you were watching it live or you didn't caught up at the back end of the show check out the full interview with darren speedy clark on our youtube page as well we appreciate y'all for joining us and we will see you all again next week